Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, Sandy Max is here. So is Bob Brainerd in for Greg Matzik. Debbie Lazaga is on roads, and Adam Roberts is producing the show. And the Derby is tomorrow. It is. I like Derby Day. It's uh, the, the pomp and circumstance. It's kind of cool. It's very American. And you, of course, are from Louisville, so the Derby must be kind of special. It is very special. It is a time that the city shines. Yep. Springtime in Louisville makes me homesick. But, yeah, growing up there, it's it's a full week of official Pegasus Festival ceremonies. Really? Yeah, yeah. So it used to start back in the 70s. It started with the uh, hot air balloon race. On the Saturday morning, everybody would get up really early and follow all the balloons, and that was quite the spectacle, and having them all lit up and, and inflating those, and I don't remember what Sundays was, but there was an event every single Monday in there. You know how we have uh, food trucks now? There was something called the Chuck Wagon, hmm. and now the riverfront is where all of these events happen, but the Chuck Wagon would be set up on the Belvedere over The original food the truck. Kind of, yeah, but it was a you know a great place to gather for everyone and the oaks is today right isn't there a big race yes, on friday also fancy. a series of races yes. today yeah, yesterday was thurby yep thursday and derby got it that's happened since i left <laughs> we didn't have thurby when i was a kid but you got the steamboat races where the delta queen comes up from cincinnati and races the bell of louisville down and back uh thursday's the parade up and down broadway then you got derby eve or the oaks as we like to say in the races. But, and the uh, hats and the, yeah, su- the fashion. seersucker suits oh, and yeah. the fanciness. Bow ties. Really Mint fun. juleps. Oh, yes. yes. The official drink of the Kentucky Derby. Ever have one? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Do I had like an official them? one. I do. I do. Because here's what you have to remember. This is a sip and drink. It's the South. It gets hot. It gets muggy. This is not a drink you were ever supposed to Chug. pound. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's bourbon with like a spoonful of sugar in it, crushed ice. The crushed ice is important. So if you're making it at home, put some ice between two towels and get your hammer out, break it up, get yep. that crushed ice. And then if you can, get a sprig of mint, and then it will be perfect. I've never had a mint julep. <gasps> I got to, though. I want to. Well, you know the right person. We're going to yeah. fix this. All right, let's do We're it. We're going to fix this, especially next year, because then we can get it in like in a silver cup. But it's a wonderful tradition. And then I don't know if you know about this, but Woodford Reserve always does like the most expensive it's like a thousand dollar mint julep. Oh my gosh! Yum. What's in there? Yeah, the, they're super special, like Woodford Reserve. Thousand dollars. That's Bob Brainerd money in a bejeweled <laughs> julep cup. Oh yeah! Wow, yeah. that's fun. I mean, that's the to me that's one of the great things about the Kentucky Derby is you can experience it super high end. You can get the biggest and best hat, dress to the nines in your high heels, hang out on Millionaire's Row, rub mm-hmm. elbows. Aaron Rodgers has been there before. You know, that's where the celebrities and the sports athletes go, and then. You can just buy a general admission ticket that's now, I think, about 40 bucks, and just be there. You can either go under the track into the infield and behave like a spring breaker, or you can walk around <laughs> and be, you can find a seat or, you know, a spot on the grass outside the first turn, and you can just really enjoy the horse racing and the excitement and throw your $2 bet down and tear up your ticket when so, you don't win, you know? So mm. the folks that live in Louisville, yes. when this whole week extravaganza is going mm-hmm. on, are they annoyed? Are they? Is it like Super Bowl cities that are just like you know, just get out of here, or or do they relish it? Do they you know embrace it and become a part of it? It's a time we look forward to. It really is a time we look. Forward. It starts actually like two weeks before with something we call Thunder Over Louisville, which is fireworks and that sort of thing. Mm. So no, it, it really is a time to embrace visitors, and we get to have fun too. It's not just a bunch of people come take over the city and then go. So no, we in Louisville we always welcome you. 
A bucket list item. It is. For sure. It's 4.15 at WTMJ, the countdown to the coronation. It's one day away. We've got a special guest up next. In one day, a new monarch takes the throne in London. The crown of the United Kingdom is solely come to the Prince Charles Philip Arthur George. This is the Wisconsin's Afternoon News Coronation Countdown. We're in the home stretch, baby. The coronation is tomorrow morning, early tomorrow morning. I know one guy who's going to be watching it. He is Royals expert and our good friend Steve Frieder, who is with us on the hotline. Hey, Steve, how you doing? I'm great, John. I'm excited for the coronation. First time in 70 years. Yes. So you're a big, big, big Royals guy and an English guy, England guy, and you've never been able to see a coronation. This is really, really, in our lifetime, just hasn't happened before. What are you most excited about about tomorrow? Well, I don't think there's any question that the British know how to do the ritual and the pageantry and the, the pomp better than anyone else. So we'll see coaches, including the gold state coach and crowns and scepters and orbs and processions. And it, it, it's just it's going to be a spectacle that really is very rarely seen and that they know how to pull off better than anyone else complete with a special spoon and the oils to be anointed. Like, the, What are some of your favorite parts of the traditional part of the coronation that will happen? Wow, where to even start? I mean, so you have 2,000 people. They're trying to make it more representative of who's actually there. But uh, you know, sitting on the, the, the coronation chair that goes back to about 1,300, um, you know, St. Edward's crown weighs more than five pounds of the, the put on his head the the music it's it's really it's it's maybe the closest thing that that for what regular people like us can imagine it's it's a symbol of something more so him him devoting himself to the service of his people the way that his mother did and uh for a lot of us the the closest analogy might be when we get married or, or something really really important where you're making a commitment yeah because an inauguration here is much different. It's kind of similar, but it's not the same. The lack of the um, pomp and circumstance. The it, it's it's just different, Stephen. I wanted to ask you about Camilla because a lot's been written about her. Uh, Camilla will be is the queen consort. Tell us your feelings about Camilla and her role. Yeah, well, when you look at Camilla and her story, it's really an amazing case study in the virtue of patience. Um, in the in the 1990s, those of us who are old enough to remember, she was probably the most reviled woman in Britain, and she's now become accepted as Charles's wife, and they've they've been married for almost for 19 years, and people see them as this older couple that uh, make each other happy, and clearly she helps temper some of his uh, some of his own his own well-known temper and she she knows how to put him at ease and and they're clearly in love so it's really an interesting story isn't it love story extraordinaire so she will actually be crowned queen tomorrow morning or will she still be queen consort she will be crowned queen but she is the queen consort meaning she's not unlike elizabeth ii she's she's not the the monarch or the one who's reigning her her husband is okay i get that clarification now this is just huge a a beginning of a new era 
do you think there will be future coronations? That's a really good question. This could be the one and only that we see in our own, in our lifetimes. It's not too difficult to imagine that when the time comes for William to become king, that maybe they don't do this. Maybe they do, though. This is the 40th coronation at Westminster Abbey since William the the Conqueror was crowned there in 1066. So it certainly has a tradition, but no other European monarchy does this anymore, which is, again, one of those things that, that makes it so unique. You know, I find myself cheering for the boys to make up and make it right. You know, the two brothers and Harry is going to be there, so that's good news, but he's going to be there less than 24 hours. Does it hurt your heart when you think of Diana's two boys not getting along? It, it really does, doesn't it? it it's unfortunate. It, from what I, we understand, Harry and his father have some sort of communication, but William and Harry, it is completely cut off. And can you blame William? Because Harry has aired so much of what you would think is private, family information in in his book and in the media. So hope springs eternal, I suppose, for a reconciliation. But I I think the big difference, John, is that people who really know how to to do the, the royal function, it's really about drawing attention to other people and things that other people are doing, where for Harry and Meghan, it's kind of become drawing attention to themselves. Yeah, I, I read the book. Did you just quickly? I'm almost out of time. Did you read the book, Harry's book? I did. It, it's very interesting. And it is also kind of one-sided, isn't it? It's fascinating but sad. I mean, kind of keep your business Indeed. to yourself. I mean, a lot of really kind of cheap shots in the book, but it is what it is. Well, we agree on one thing. It's going to be exciting tomorrow, Steve. It's always good to have you with us. Get some sleep tonight. Yes, yeah, I, I know set you're your alarm clock early. early. Absolutely. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for being with us. And uh, you can enjoy England. With our local expert, Sandy. How many times have you been to England? At least 10. Since wow, that's 1996. Cool. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's been a lot of different experiences, everything from Wimbledon to rock concerts oh, how to fun. Downton Abbey. Wimbledon's yeah. on my bucket list for sure. Okay, so this is a cool opportunity because you are taking listeners to England. You're going to have a professional tour guide, and you're the tour guide because it's a place you love. I what do. are some of the favorite places of yours that you'll share with listeners? I love that neighborhood just south of Tower of London called Bermondsey. It's where Borough Market is. It's uh, where City Hall is. It's it's close enough to the real city, but close enough to the older part of London. So that is my favorite neighborhood, and we're actually starting our London trip Ooh. at Borough Market with a secret food tour. Ooh, that sounds really cool. Hit the pubs early and sample some cheeses at Borough Market. Yeah, so like we're going to... What else are you going to do on the we're trip? Feast that. We are going to go to Westminster Abbey. You just heard Steve Frieder talking about how historic it is, and for decades, for decades, for centuries, where history has happened there, we are going to mm-hmm. tour Tower of London, and it's called The Beatles and More, an England adventure, so we're going to rip and run in Liverpool we're going to go to Strawberry Fields. We're oh, going to cool. stay at a Beatles hotel, which <laughs> I think is amazing to have. I love a theme. You know, you're going to lean in. So uh, we're also going to experience where John Paul, George and Ringo, where they grew up and where they made music and all those landmarks that you hear about in the songs. We're going to ferry cross the Mersey as well, because Liverpool has some yeah. interesting history. And then we're going to go to Stonehenge. We're going to go to Oxford That's and cool. stroll the, the campus there. And also... Wow where Shakespeare was born, Stratford-upon-Avon. So it's going to be a nice sample of city with London and Liverpool and then get out to the countryside and experience other parts of so England. So Sandy's got beautiful brochures. It's yeah. Sandy 
at WTMJ.com. Sandy, S-A-N-D-Y, WTMJ.com, and you'll fire off people a brochure. Yeah, let's travel together. Let's experience England, and you can wave to King Charles III. <laughs> <laughs> Get a brochure. It's Sandy at WTMJ.com. Cool trip coming up this fall. That is such good stuff. Markets close higher today amid strong jobs data. Dave Spano is the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. You can hear Money Talk here on WTMJ every single Saturday. Dave, how are you? Thanks for being with us. Yeah, love to be here. Thanks for having me. How is it out there? You just uh, came into the studios. How's it feeling out there? Feel well, like it's, summer? It's gorgeous for sure. And so people can get out on the golf course today and this weekend. It's supposed to be nice as well. So exciting time to be uh, early May. Hey, I want to talk uh, markets and money with you, but you're a huge Bucks fan, I know. I wanted to get your reaction. This time yesterday, the news was just breaking that uh, Coach Bud had lost his job. I've seen you at games. What's your uh, your take? What's your feel on Coach Bud? Yeah, well, I, I can just tell you what I'm reading, right? And, of course, uh, it's unfortunate. seems to be a nice man and, of course, a championship. And you heard Steve Kerr talk about it, that he said it's unfortunate, but three of the last four championship coaches are now now out of a job. So it's a short leash, but uh, hopefully uh, we can start on our path back to a championship. Yeah, I hope so. And I hope people just remember what he brought to the city. First championship in 50 years, a lot of sustained success. Giannis, a couple MVPs while he's here. So uh, let's focus on that. Let's focus on the markets for a little bit. So uh, kind of a bumpy week, not a great week, but it ends with a bang today. The Dow was up 1.6%. The S&P, Dave, up one8 The NASDAQ, I think, was like 2.25% up on the day. What led today's rally? Yeah, a big, a big report this morning, a payroll report that was better than expected. In fact, the unemployment rate went down from 3.6 to 3.4, and wages went up. Now, that is good news, but sometimes good news is not yeah, good news right. if you are sitting in the, the Federal Reserve. So the Federal Reserve has a two jobs or a dual mandate. One of them is price control, which is inflation, and that's what they're trying to do. The second, of course, is full employment. We as a country are at full employment or better, 50-year lows in unemployment at 3.4%. So it did kind of muddy the water a bit for the Federal Reserve in that they're going to have to take a look at the data again in 30 days but they as everyone knows they raised rates uh, earlier this week 25 basis point and at least suggested that they're going to look at the data before they do any more so you talk about it being complicated everybody i think is presuming that maybe we're at the terminal rate and they're not going to raise rates anymore or at least they're going to pause and reflect if more numbers like today's come out Will that make it less likely they pause? How does that complicate things? Right. So the Federal Reserve, you know, they're looking at what they should do. They've raised rates 11 times. That is a big, big deal. And, of course, they are what's what they call data dependent. So they're going to have to look at that data. And the data, that, of course, that we got this morning was not good. So, the, you know, what do they do? There's three things they can do. They can continue to hike 11 hikes in a row. They can pause the hiking or they can pivot and start to bring that back down. The most likely scenario as we sit today is that they're going to look at the data and pause. So to to your question, what's the terminal rate or the rate that they stop raising? The markets suggest that we are at it right now. So five to five and a quarter percent on a terminal rate, a short term rate is uh, the federal chair said that is it is uh, it's, it's restrictive. And so we'll have to find out if it's restrictive of enough. Uh, it certainly takes time for these things to work through the market. And so we're going to have to look through the rest of the summer and see what happens. As we keep our eye on the stock markets and that kind of thing, when we talk about interest rates, what are some of the other ripple effects? I hear that the interest rate being raised also affects credit cards. Mm-hmm. 
It does. Credit cards, mortgage rates, and you know the big story right now, which we're what we're looking at, Sandy, is that when they raise these rates, especially uh, uh, so quickly, a lot of banks got caught flat-footed, and so we read about a Silicon Valley Bank and a number of others, and so right now there had been some bank failures, and nobody wants to go back to 2008 and 2009, the great financial crisis, where we had these cascading failures of banks, and so that is the big story right now. With these the, with your interest rates going up so quick, is it going to harm more smaller banks and some commercial real estate, or CRE as it's called? And that's going to be a big story that we're going to have to watch as we go into the summer. Dave Spano is the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. His show, Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management show with Dave Spano is 10 o'clock here on Saturdays. Uh, Dave, so a year ago we were talking about the war in Ukraine and the effect on the markets, along with other things leading to the volatility. Now that's kind of in the rearview mirror. How big a factor is things that happen on the other side of the globe to what happens in our marketplace? Well, it's, it's really the thing that you can't predict, right? It's called geopolitical risk or, or what we call incident risk. You know, there's interest rate risk, there's market risk. Uh, there is this is called incident risk, and we nobody knows. Not the CIA, not you know, probably Putin knows what the next move is, and of course that could go ugly in a hurry. And of course, the thing with China and Taiwan certainly has people on pins and needles, and so those two geopolitical risks are there. Uh, so you really can't predict that. What you have to do, and what we do, is look at the macro side the best we can, and then go down and say, let's find a company that's selling more widgets, whatever it is, be it be it Apple phones, as we saw earlier this week, or cars, or Ford, or GM, do they sell more stuff? And because they sell more stuff, they make more money. Those are the companies that we're looking for, increased revenues and increased net income. So I'm not in gold or silver or any of that. I'm not in crypto or any of that sort of stuff. I'm in very traditional investment vehicles. How do you explain to people who might be interested in looking at gold or silver when we see how those commodities do? What are things people should think about? Well, you you think about it in relation to the U.S. dollar. That's a really easy way to look at it. And right now, the dollar is under pressure. And the biggest reason why is what's coming is down is coming down the pike. And this is a potential debt default. And so there is, of course, the the, the fact that the United States has a lot of debt, and there's a ceiling, and you can't go past that ceiling without approval. If that happens, there could be a default. Well, uh, this seems to be a slight chance, but there, I think there's going to be brinkmanship on both sides of the aisle. We're starting to see that now. The, fortunately, the Republican House did at least have a framework to bring to the president, and we'll see if that goes forward. I say we do have a question from Diane on the old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620. She wants to ask you about bank regulations. Uh, her thought is that we put in place those bank regulations after the last bank fallout. Did those get rolled back and is that why these banks are now allowed to be caught flat-footed again? Yeah, it's a great question, and that is exactly what happened. And so there's these two big-to-fail banks, and those were the rules that were in place, the really big banks. And that was that was the regulation that was put in place. And then later on down the road, there was this rollback on smaller banks because it was really hurting their their it was hurting those banks because of compliance costs. Well, now you're looking backwards. It probably shouldn't have been down. I did hear see that Senator Warren uh, is coming after Silicon Valley Bank CEO pretty hard to say you lobbied for these these easier rules, and then we had this situation. So you have to be careful. I'm, I'm not a person who wants more regulation, but enforcing regulation that's on the books is always a good thing. But that's part and parcel of what the problem was. So the change in regulation was one, but mismanagement of their balance sheet was the bigger story. Going to get up early and watch the coronation. <laughs> I you know we was, we were just in London uh, a couple yeah. of weeks ago, and it's fun. 
phenomenal. I mean, it's there is it's a lot of pomp and circumstance, and we did walk by uh, and look at that. But am I going to get up and know and watch it? No, but uh, you know, you could be coronated. I mean, you're king, uh, no, very no. king like John. No, I mean, Sandy could be queen. I, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm queen, just a guy right trying here. to get get through the day, just yeah. trying to get through Friday. Hey, what you need to do is check out Money Talk, the Annex Wealth Management Show with Dave Spano at 10 to 11. Listen to the talk from a, a guy that runs a team of fiduciaries, not somebody who's trying to sell you something. Check out Money Talk. That's at 10 o'clock here, Saturdays on WTMJ. Dave Spano is the president and CEO of Annex. Always good to have you here, Dave. Thank you so yeah, much. thank you.